3: Welcome to the program, Follow the Money, here on The Sin, The Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel. Paulie is out today, and we are live in downtown Las Vegas. Circa Resort Casino is your spot. Fun show lined up over the next three hours for you. As uh, Paul Stone's going to be on the program in 30 minutes, he's going to be on for two segments today. We'll talk college football. He's going to go over a couple of different conferences today. He's going to give a best bet for a win total in each conference and he will give you his best bet for an outright uh, winner in each conference as well. Jim Root from the three-man weave does a tremendous job covering and betting college basketball. Uh, we'll talk NBA draft with him coming up in yeah. two hours, and Johnny Avello from uh, DraftKings to talk about the the bets, the handle, how popular maybe the NBA draft has been. To this point, JBT, as we get the event tonight, I'm excited. Uh, it took me a while to get there, but I've been excited now for a good week or so about the NBA draft. There's so much going on. Um, and crunch into a small window this year, obviously, because of the uh, ramifications from pandemic uh, mm-hmm. from last year. But uh, this is solid, and knowing what we know right now, or knowing what we think we know right now, the top three, that prop has moved now all the way to $4. Yeah. The exact order of finish tonight is Cunningham one, then Jalen Green number two, and number three would be Evan Mobley. Yep. Is there a small question at number four? It appears as if there is because I know a couple of guys who've been all over this mocking. They've had Scotty Barnes going at number four overall and not Jalen Suggs um, yesterday in a new mock draft and Chad Ford, I think, going back to earlier in the week.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just I would say no only because Suggs makes too much sense for the Toronto Raptors in that spot. You're moving on from your point guard. You need another one. Brady Viet's very good, but I think he needs another guy, a bigger guy, at the point of attack to facilitate everything. And, and that's a guy like Jalen Suggs. He's a really versatile player. He's a really good player. It just fits perfectly with where Toronto is going. I would, I made the argument, Mitch, that if O.G. Anobi and Pascal Siakam are on the move, then I think it makes sense to go after a Scottie Barnes type because then you lack a little bit more depth along the wing, right? But those two are still sticking around. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, I, I'm still pretty confident for me – is locked in stone as well. It's, it's Cunningham, Green, Mobley, and Suggs.
3: I did have a very loyal viewer up in Canada mm-hmm. reach out to me yesterday, Tom, who watches every day on Sportsnet up there. And he said that the analysts on Sportsnet are saying that Suggs is not the fit. Really? And that they they think that Barnes is more of a Raptors kind of guy. And so they've been like saying this now for a while, that they don't think the pick is going to be taken for what it's worth. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but if they're onto something here... You know, Barnes going number four. I actually took a flyer with some of this yesterday. I took a flyer yesterday on uh, Suggs to go over four and a half at plus 375. Okay. Just because of a a, a little, uh, steam I think is probably the wrong word, but a little, you know, it's getting floated out there now. Mm -hmm. That that Barnes could actually be the guy at number four.
1: Right. Well, It's kind of like my theory with Barnes going to Orlando, right? If Suggs is indeed the pick, and to me it's like, well, if it reaches to a certain extent on the over five and a half, for uh, for um, Barnes, I'm in. I'm going to go over mainly because just like when you look at it, we talk about fit roster perspective. You know, the Orlando Magic loaded up on six foot nine guys who can switch and not shoot, and so I feel like I would take a shot if the price reaches a certain point. To your point, where you're looking at Suggs and going, well, the price is there and the smoke is there. Uh-huh. Why not take the shot? Because the value is there as mm-hmm.
3: well. Did you see this report that came out yesterday? And again, this is the beauty of you know leading into pretty much any draft when it comes to the NBA or the NFL all of the smoke screens like what's real what's not what's being put out there what can you believe in uh there was a report on the Lakers yep. trying to trade up into the lottery they want to get uh, ahead of the wizards and the problem is like they are they've been actively shopping Kyle Kuzma nobody wants him and everybody's like, uh, you know, they gotta like put them on mute because right. they want to laugh out loud. Like, no, dude, we're not taking Kyle Kuzma off your hands,
1: right? Which is it goes back to the Damian Lillard stuff. Like, what what do the Lakers have that is getting them Damian Lillard? Right? Like, well, what is the package that they're offering? I, I see the offers of Laker fans of. Taylor Horton, Tucker, Kyle Kuzma, and a sign and trade of Dennis Schroeder. Like, no
3: thanks. Yeah.
1: Right? You, you, want, really you, want have,
3: to... you want to throw in, like, 11 draft picks? Right. Like first rounders in, in the future?
1: You don't have that much to ship over. So I, I would be surprised if the Lakers make it in. And there was another report that they sweetened the deal, potentially Buddy Heald as well. Like, I just i don't know what they have to offer, you know?
3: Well, I'll leave it to the Lakers. Yeah. When it, when it comes down to a trade or getting rid of young players to make the wrong decision, hmm. or maybe it wasn't even the wrong decision, but they are completely unreliable to develop their young players. And now, this is like a thing where guys who leave Los Angeles and the kind of player that they turn into, which we'll expand on here coming up in a second. Welcome into the program. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with JVT live here on NBA Draft Day. Uh, downtown Las Vegas, Circuit Resort, casino is the spot. We're talking about the draft. We will get into Major League Baseball, by the way, some of the deals that took place yesterday in about 20 minutes, and certainly touch on Aaron Rodgers here coming up as well. But isn't that funny how Lonzo Ball leaves, Mm -hmm. turns into a much better player. Brandon Ingram leaves, wins most improved player in the NBA. Julius Randle leaves the Lakers. They gave up on him immediately. People thought, they wrote him off for it. He said he couldn't play, right? Wins most improved player, saw what he did this year. There are others that I'm missing in recent years that the Lakers have... uh, Jettisoned mm-hmm. and they keep Kyle Kuzma, who was the best player at the time of the bunch.
1: I mean, you got me, worse. You can make the argument, D'Angelo Russell. Remember, he went to Brooklyn, all star, right? Yeah, <laughs> and immediately performed at an insanely high level, yeah. right? Under uh, yeah, um, under Scott Brooks, right? Like, it's incredible the like the track record of not being able to develop dudes, punting on them too soon. And this is what we do in basketball all the time is not realizing like these guys are like 19 years old when they end the league. I think there's some room for growth from 18, 19 yep. on to your uh, early yeah. 20s, right? Yeah.
3: It just it kills me when people just say this about 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. All right? Can't play a lick. I've seen enough. Have you really? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um Let me run this by you. And we're, we're a gambling network. We're trying to make people money. Uh, this tweet from Chad Ford, who is uh, back covering on his own now. Chad Ford has always been like one of the guys hey, who was awesome. breaking news for many, many years, and he got on ESPN, did the same thing. He tweeted this out yesterday, hearing from several sources that the Knicks are aggressively trying to move up into the lottery. Oregon's Chris Duarte is the target. Charlotte and Indiana, the two teams most open to moving down. Just unclear what it will cost the Knicks. 19 and 21, I'm told, isn't enough. Knicks don't think Duarte will last past Golden State at 14 Mm -hmm. or the Wizards at 15, so the idea is to get above them. I will ask you this. These moves, uh, the lines have moved quite a bit on certain players in the draft. Duarte is one of them, where he opened up at 20-and-a-half. He is now down to 15-and-a-half at some spots here in town. Last night, he was at 14-and-a-half flat. If you can still find 15-and-a-half, is that worth a bet on Duarte to the under if it's minus 110 or minus 120, or is that long gone now? And if you didn't get like 16-and-a-half, 17-and-a-half, 20-and-a-half, don't do it.
1: It seems like, I think 15-and-a-half would probably be the lowest I would go, right? Just mainly because... The intel on the smoke is there that it, I don't think he's just... When he gets to 14, I think he should be gone. Like, when we get to 14, Duarte should be off the board. Every bit of intel is telling you that he's going to be a lottery selection. So, if 15 and a half to give yourself that cushion, I think that's going to be the way to go. I mean, I, I would believe this pick, that, that if, or this report... That the Knicks want to move up within, and keep in mind too, and I think this is what's interesting. They want to move, you know, ahead of Washington. Uh, the Lakers, of course, want to do that as well. Yeah. It seems like Duarte is going to be that pick where it—he's going to be gone by the time we get there. Maybe it's mid-teens or late teens, but regardless, he see what was he six foot eight, six foot nine? He seems to be one of those plug-and-play guys, right? That young rookie who can contribute to your bench immediately, and guys and teams—I should put teams. Teams that are on the precipice or playoff teams that just need a little bit of that boost to their depth, Uh why not go and get a Duarte type? And I think that's why a lot of these teams want him.
3: I liked him a lot at Oregon. Yeah, I think he can play in the NBA. Um, So you have that. Jonathan Wasserman does mock drafts, and he covers this for Bleacher Report. And he get get this. He tweeted out yesterday, uh, continue to hear Zaire Williams is a real possibility for the Magic at 8. That's great. And then he said their decision... Will have a big domino effect down the board. I mean, if he goes to eight, first of all, his number has been sitting rock solid at 18 and a half for as long as I can remember. If he goes eight, this will throw, if this is like true and there's something here, this is going to throw like so many picks now in or after that for a loop. Right, he's, and, and the bets are just going to be like, oh boy, Jesus, what did I get myself into?
1: Right. Well, he'd be Patrick Williams, right? He'd be Cam Johnson. He'd yeah. be, be a yeah. pick that you didn't really see coming. And like the latest mock from Gavoni, and he updated it this morning. Um, actually like 30 minutes ago, Zaire Williams 17th to the New Orleans Pelicans, right? Like that's, and I would say this too, I think Orlando's been one of those teams rumored to potentially want to move down as well. So maybe they're tied to Zaire Williams because they want him, but they don't want to take him in that spot. Uh-huh. So maybe their hand is forced if nobody offers enough at eight, right, to take him in that selection. You're obviously not going to use your fifth overall pick on him, but that, screen, that, like, that screams of a situation where it's a team that has a guy that they want, but they don't want to draft him in that position. And maybe they'll move down and take him a little bit later. But it is crazy to see a guy like Zaire Williams you know, regularly mocked in like 17-ish in that yeah, range. Yep. And then now be rumored to go number 8. So I would think that that is the case.
3: I'll tell you what, there are some tricky parts trying to figure out where these guys oh, yeah. are going to go in the back end of the lottery around you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 in that range. Like what's going to happen to Moody? Does he go under? I'm still looking at 11.5 offshore. Um, Keon Johnson now at 13. Uh, Giddy is in the 10.5 range. You have Wagner, who's at 9.5, Mitchell, who's at 12.5, Send Gunn is at 12. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these guys are jumbled up around 9.5 to 12. They can't all go in the same spot.
1: Well, and that's the thing is the last couple of days, they've been flip-flopping within those top 14, right? Like, Franz Wagner, who is locked in at 9, all of a sudden is like an option at number 7, according yeah. to some of these right. mock drafts and some of the late intel. When Moses Moody, you know, you and I talked about him, where his draft position prop sitting at 11.5, he'd seem to be kind of rising up the board and, and going in that, like, 7 to 11 range. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden, in this latest mock draft release this morning, Moody is 12th. To the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, uh, 12
3: would be no good. <laughs> right. Twelve's no good for anybody.
1: <laughs> right. So, like, let's let's go. What is what is Moody doing? But like it is, you get these last moves, you get this last bit of information that is out there. Like Modi, if we're talking about him specifically, that was a guy that I just I even I wrote about it and talked about it on the podcast where there was this weird momentum of him moving upwards, and I think we talked about it yesterday, but there's no serious intel that said Team X is looking at him within 7 to 10. It was just, hey, every mock draft, hey, it's a 3 and D guy, he fits here. Hey, it's a 3 and D guy that fits here. And I always take those with a grain of salt because while he might fit there, we don't know what those teams are looking at in those spots.
3: Let me throw a couple of other guys at you, and uh, you can tell me if you're seeing different numbers than I am. Jonathan Kaminga was thought of right away as maybe a top four pick. So his numbers, I mean, I'm looking at 6.5 over minus 170, and some uh, some shops have seven and a half, like under minus one thirty or minus one thirty-five. Yep. I also see seven minus one fifteen. If like if he doesn't, it, it, he's not going to go top six, right? I,
1: so here's the thing. That's where this is where I get intrigued. The guy I wanted to make the case for instead of Scotty Barnes at five was Jonathan Kaminga, because if if all of the teams that are in this like this like these top five, the guy like the guy or the team that needs like scoring help, right? Electricity in the backcourt, some shooting and score. Like it's the team that finished second to last in offensive efficiency. Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. Like you remember, they get rid of Evan Fournier in the middle of the season, right? Like their offensive talent. Uh, you have Aaron um, Aaron Gordon gone, huh? you have Nikola Vucevic gone. They need offensive help. It's why I've never really understood Scotty Barnes being fifth, but all the intel pointing that way. I wanted to make a case for Kaminga to actually go, but all the reports in terms of like him as a player are kind of negative, right? Ball stops with him, defensive lapses, all of those things, and maybe that's causing him to rise. And you see in every single mock draft, it seems like 7.5 is probably the right number to the over because it seems like maybe 8. And Maybe the Orlando Magic come back around with the 8th pick and he's still there, and they try to select him. But I wanted to make the case that the magic of the spot, and maybe I'm right, but maybe it's actually 8 in which they take him and not 5.
3: I do see uh, William Hill. Well, here's the deal, by the way, for those of you who don't know. Here in Nevada, the Gaming Commission makes sportsbooks take down draft props 24 hours before the event starts. So awesome. last okay. night, like, right at the deadline was, what, 5 o'clock, 5.30 last night? I
1: fired it up at 6.05. I was like, hey, I got off work real quick. Let me just look at something. Oh, yeah.
3: No, Sorry. no, they're gone. They had to wipe them down. <laughs> so so I, I think William Hill maybe in certain spots across the country yep. outside of Nevada. If you can find 6.5 over minus 150 on Kaminga, or if you find a flat seven, um, I think that's probably worth a bet to the over. Because at this point, I don't see him going. I don't see him going top six, mm-hmm. and I think at worst you're going to do there is push if you bet seven. And I think he he probably goes maybe he either go seven or beyond. Put it that way, right? The way yeah. he looks with Kaminga,
1: because because it, it seems like the, the one guy that has kind of taken his spot is like scoring guard who can help your offense out. Uh, would be Booknight, right? And, and Booknight has thrust himself into that top spot or the, like that top kind of off-ball guy outside of the dudes we've talked about within the top four. And so like if you're looking at a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's why the, the number six is really interesting too because the Thunder have tried to move up and get Cade Cunningham. They were rebuffed by the Detroit Pistons. Like a, a guy like Booknight or Kaminga would fit with Oklahoma City to play off of Shea Gilders alexander but it seems like Booknight is the guy that has the more respect.
3: I'll give you two more. If numbers are still available, I think would be worth a bet. Uh, it appears as if Jalen Johnson is going to go beyond fourteen. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, he's going to go over fourteen and a half.
1: I got in on this one right before they took him down.
3: So did I. Yeah. I bet. Uh, did you get minus one thirty-ish in that neighborhood? I'll check. I'll tell you right okay. now. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so did I. I bet over fourteen and a half. If that's still out there in certain books uh, where you live, whatever, uh, Jalen Johnson is getting mocked like around nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, maybe even beyond that. Yep. He is sliding the way it appears. Keon Johnson is another one. He's getting mocked much later. Hell, he opened up 8.5. He's now sitting 12.5 or 13, but in mocks, he's going much later than that. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you one more. Isaiah Jackson, his number opened up around 18.5. I'm still looking globally at an 18.5 over minus 135. Now, I've already bet him over 18.5, but now he's suddenly going in that 22-23 range, the way it appears, maybe 24, something like that.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, I, I'm in on that with uh, with you on Johnson, and I'll give you one more too that has moved as well. Uh, one of the guys that I used in the best bets yesterday, uh, Uzman Garuba, uh, fifteen and a half shaded to the over to buck thirty yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now seventeen and a half shaded to the over in some spots, is minus one forty. Gavoni's updated mock uh, has him in the twenties, so he has been okay. sort of like progressively, you know, kind of moving up the board or down whatever you want to call it I always get confused but he's going later in the draft progressively as you look at some of these mocks he's consistently been mocked like 17 and higher uh-huh. and uh, that is a guy that now the market has moved quite a bit on up to 17 and a half
3: like look we're on extremely early mm-hmm. um, some books might not be and I know it's draft night but they're going to I'm not going to call them asleep at the wheel or anything like that for this but they may not have adjusted some of this stuff based hard to on hard keep up with
1: information man of, co- of course it is yeah, yeah.
3: i mean well here, but here's the thing you got to toggle your way through 17 different mock drafts. Yeah, the guys reports. who... Yeah, right, okay. so, But, for example, the guy that you just brought brought up, Garuba, 15.5 mm-hmm. is available at some pretty heavy juice, around minus 180. Other yeah. books have already shifted to 17.5 on yep. him. So, uh, there you go. Some of the stuff that we know as uh, uh, at this point with the NBA draft, we'll keep you up to date with uh, stuff that floats in early here in the morning, maybe coming out from the East Coast, obviously, with, with what they're hearing about players and where they might go. Uh, NFL. Uh, I hope that we get a press conference like that with a scoring quarterback every single year, like the one that we got with Aaron Rodgers. What do you think of him after yesterday?
1: I've always been a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Like he's insanely smart. He's calculated with what he does. Like when when he talks, he knows what he wants to say. Uh, it's why like I like to when when he's about to talk, he's like, all right, let me roll up the sleeves because I know yep. what I'm about to do right now. Like no, I like Aaron Rodgers and coming out of that, like he gets the. He gets killed for being a selfish guy. But I think when you listen to what he was talking about yesterday, and I think you kind of knew this the whole time, but you understand where he's coming from in terms of his unhappy nature with the Green Bay Packers.
3: Mm-hmm. Here's one soundbite from Rodgers yesterday when he almost slipped up but he caught himself sure. by almost thanking the organization.
4: I love this team. I love the, you know, the fans and the opportunity to play on Lambeau Field. has been a dream come true to be in my 17th season. is really special.
3: I love the... Uh, no, I don't. He did that on purpose, right? I'm sure he did. I think that that was absolutely calculated. He totally he, did. He, you know, he is... Uh, say what you want about him. He's a smart dude. <laughs> yes, He's he a is. smart guy. And you know, maybe some people will say too smart for his own britches, whatever. Probably too smart for the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has like a photographic memory. Um, nothing gets by him. And this would be an example of that when he was asked many good questions yesterday. And I thought he gave terrific answers but this one is like look we don't do a good job our front office does not do a good job of returning solid veteran players
4: Um, also uh, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from them some of the mistakes in the past in my opinion about the way that some of the uh, outgoing veterans were treated um, and just the fact that we didn't retain uh, a number of uh, players that I felt like were core players to our foundation, our locker room, high character guys. I'm talking about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Randall Cobb, James Jones, um, John Kuhn, Brett Good, TJ Lang, Brian Balaga, Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde, guys who were you know, exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys.
3: Like I said, return him and retain. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, do you, you think he's been keeping track? Uh, yeah, right. I mean, he just read off every single player. And, 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 you know, he pointed out, like, or somebody said, whatever afterwards, not every player that you brought up actually had good years. But some of them really did. Right. Like Casey Hayward, they could have easily kept Casey Hayward. They didn't. He turned into a multi pro bowler in San Diego when he was with the Chargers down there before they moved to LA. And he had been, like, one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league. It's guys like – they've had guys like that over the years. He rattled off some of them that were really good after after they left Green Bay. And
1: also, right, situation also helps in certain situations too, right? So, like, for example, what if they stick around Green Bay? Like, the system that they're in, the scheme, everything like that, is maybe tailor-made to them. And maybe they had a good season because they were in the system with Green Bay. Like, they just fit perfectly with what they're trying to do as well, right? Just because you had a bad season one situation doesn't mean if you roll it back, they would have had the exact same season in that same spot.
3: Yep. Let's get to one more here on Rodgers – he wanted to be you know involved with the recruiting and being involved in free agent discussions
4: for me i had to assess the situation not necessarily wanting to be a lame duck quarterback especially after an mvp season which i think you can understand um and then the other part uh, in, in february was wanting to be a part of conversations involving free agents uh, which has never happened in my career. Um, you know, I've I've trained with a number of NFL guys most of my career in the off seasons. Um, my agency at the first has had a number of high draft picks over the years. Uh, I've tried to pass along information. Um, hasn't really been uh, used, shall we say? Um, so I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter.
1: Anything wrong with that? No, and actually there's two things that surprised me. One, it shouldn't surprise me, uh, that he was never involved in it. But the pushback on people that were saying you shouldn't be involved. Like, of course. What? Right, <laughs> like, right what are you talking yeah, about? Do you know, yeah. have
3: you watched football? Are they supposed to listen to you, Aaron, on sure. every single move? Are you that you're gonna make that big of a jump of a conclusion? Like that's the yeah, Aaron's gonna make every single decision. By the way, it came out yesterday. Uh Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes talked about the first round pick last year. Yeah. Mahomes said, You gotta take Clyde Edwards Alaire. That oh. wasn't the deciding factor, well. but that wasn't the reason why they did it. But well,
4: Edwards-Alaire wasn't really great, was, was he down the stretch? So no, he was Maybe no. that's the argument that no, no, But, but no, the just
3: point saying. is, I say this all the time, pick up the phone, have a conversation. Right. Oh, why? What? It, he hasn't deserved that? You, he doesn't need to make every single it? pick,
1: but he, des- he, not,
3: he deserves the right to have a conversation. Absolutely. Sure he does. Uh, um, uh, along with, by the way, every other quarterback who was really good for like a decade. Busy day in Major League Baseball yesterday. The Yankees finally added some power from the left side. VSIN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman Hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all access Vsin subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides. Along with everything we offer from the uh, for the entire football season, get your college betting guide for only $19.99 or start your free all access trial today at vCIN.com slash. Subscribe. I know some of the conferences that uh, you wrote for in uh, the uh, magazine mm-hmm. and the betting guy JBT, the Mountain West. We're going to be talking about Mountain West with uh, Paul Stone coming up. He's going to join us in 10 minutes.
1: It's a good conference, man. It, it would be surprising. You know, I can't wait to pick Paul's brain on it. The level of quarterback play, the offenses that are in that conference. Huh? It's actually a conference that is rife with parody this year, and there's a lot of really solid teams. It wouldn't be surprising to see any one of like I think five teams that would win this thing.
3: Yep, couple of moves yesterday in Major League Baseball. I like both of them. Good yeah. move by the Yankees. So go. This is the move you kind of had to make. I know they need more than this, but you know people have been screaming for left-handed power now the entire year. The door is not it. Yeah, he's not going <laughs> to be the guy. Like where is it coming from? Right in that lineup with that short portion right at Yankee Stadium. Well, they go out and get one of the you know biggest power-hitting lefties in the entire sport. Joey Gallo acquired from the Texas Rangers. Um, and again, this is like a move, like you said yesterday, uh, that the Rays made, or the other day, mm-hmm. when the Rays picked up Nelson Cruz, not only a great addition, but you're also blocking a team like the A's from getting him. Mm-hmm. And this is the same thing with the Yankees. They need this, right? But other teams certainly were going to be in the mix and make a move for Gallo.
1: Yeah, and he's not some slow, plodding, big power guy, right, like Nelson Cruz. You can put him out in the field and feel relatively confident in his athletic ability. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think my quibble would be a team with the ninth highest strikeout rate as a unit, adding a guy like Joey Gallo, what, what exactly it adds for your team. But for the most part, everything, he seems to be a very good match for that ballpark for this club and what they need. But if this is like, if you're making this move and throwing quite a few prospects, by the way, at the Texas Rangers, oh, yeah. you're, you better not be done. Like, this can't be the only move to go ahead and catch up with that wild card. No, it's, it's got to be another yeah. arm or two in that rotation.
3: It's funny. I'm like, all of these teams, I think, are going to be active to some extent, right? Mm-hmm. And it just it, it, you know, comes down to how overly active are you going to be? Um, and this, I think, would be the first, I think, of a couple moves the Yankees should make, like you just said, right? How, I mean, there are so many teams that should—I talked about this one with my, a buddy of mine who's a diehard Brewers fan last night— we, we got into, like, do you like give up just a ton, like we talked about yesterday mm-hmm. with this team, to make an offer for, like, uh, uh, like why, why would the Brewers not be in the mix for a guy like Max Scherzer? You hear about Dodgers, Giants, Padres, among others, maybe the Yankees, although he said he doesn't want to go there. But, like, all these teams in the mix should absolutely pick up the phone. Yep. See what it's going to take. Um, Joey Gallo, before the All-Star break, had a stretch where he hit 11 home runs in 12 games. Yeah. Now, he's only hit one since the All-Star break, but that's the kind of tear that he can go on. It's kind of like this tear that Joey Votto's on right now for the Reds. Have you seen this? Yes. Seven home runs in five games, now back-to-back games. Last night, the night before, two home runs in each game. And the Reds clubbed the uh, Cubs last night. That's a team that I don't want to write off.
1: No, that lineup is great, man. Like, there, there's so much. It's such a violent lineup at times, too, right? And, like, that would be the problem is, you know, I think you have some questions about the overall pitching. But when you get to that lineup, like any sort of pitcher, it's going to be a problem
3: for you. Yeah. Them. So I brought up Milwaukee. A move I thought, you know, they had to add a stick at some point. They went out and got Eduardo Escobar yesterday mm-hmm. from Arizona. Twenty-two home runs on the year under the radar, but that's the kind of move, you know. They w- once the Padres went out and got a guy like Frazier who leads Major League Baseball in hits. Other teams like the Brewers are going to have to, you know, um, go out and get like a utility guy or a guy that's going to be, a, you know, a plug and play kind of guy. Uh, in your lineup at some point, and this is a kind of guy that I think makes a ton of sense for that team. And I, I don't know if they're done yet necessarily.
1: No, I don't. I don't think they would. And like that has been my issue with Milwaukee. It's just been this lineup has been really inconsistent. Like they're still, if you look at some of the advanced numbers, like weighted runs created plus, they're still 22nd, yep. right, in Major League Baseball. They're still 28th in terms of average as a lineup. So this is going to help it massively.
3: You have the Astros at what number to, to win the American League? Six to one. Six to one. Why are they mashing right now, dude? They're awesome. That offense is just sick, man.
1: Yep. And they add, and they add a piece to the bullpen, right? Yep. Like they, they get rid of Toro, and Toro's been fine, but he's under two hundred, so it's not a big loss to the lineup, uh, dude. Yeah. No, they're going to be really good.
3: I know the instant reaction from people who you know on the Seattle side or just national were like, what? The the, the Mariners gave up their best reliever yeah. for what? Well, like Graveman uh, is not going to be back after this year was the thought anyway. Mm-hmm. And the Padres are, or, I'm sorry, the Mariners are trying to balance like the present and the future. I would say, though, like, y- y- you're pretty good this year. Right. You can make the playoffs. Parody exists in baseball. Like, if you win the wild card game, anything can happen in the next round.
1: Yep, and you've lost those two, those two games, and
3: now all of a sudden, the Yankees just two and a half games back nipping at the heels. And players in the clubhouse evidently were not happy, according to reports. That's what but trading get. Raven. By the way, in the National League, Dodgers are, are still 2-1 to one to win it. After that, kind of jumbled up. Mets, plus 425. Brewers, 450. Padres, 460. All right now. College football with Paul Stone up next. He is going to preview two different conferences this morning. He'll give you an outright winner along with a win total as well. That's coming up next here on Follow the Money.
4: Exclusive
1: bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the largest offer of live in-play options. BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. To make your experience even more rewarding, Rivers offers the most live streams in major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21 if you have a gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, Indiana one with it. Colorado 1-800-522-4700. Michigan one 800 Virginia Iowa bets off
3: We are previewing different conferences in college football every Thursday with Paul Stone leading up to the kickoff of the 2021 season and Paul Stone Great College Football Handicapper joins the program Now good morning sir how are you
6: Doing great uh, great to be with you guys again on this uh, Thursday morning as we inch closer to the start of college football season
3: Yeah uh, uh what's so again you like you're Mr Longhorn you live uh you know close to Austin been you know around that program for a long long time you used to cover college football before you got into the betting side you know, a while back. Uh, how ugly do you think this is going to get as uh, uh, the Big 12 had an issue, a uh, cease and desist to ESPN? And then it, it turns, I mean, is there anything to this? Well, I think one report that I saw last night, the American Athletic could be making a run at all these uh, leftovers from the Big 12?
6: Yeah, I think it could get very ugly, Mitch. You know, the uh, the, the Big 12 to me, first of all, I think the, the commissioner, Bob Bowlesby, I think he's done an excellent job. I think they were just, there were going to be some losers. Uh, as, uh, you know, when the next uh, big shift uh, towards realignment uh, started, and it is now started, and I think one of those losers was clearly going to be the Big 12. Uh, they're not top-heavy enough in, you know, football powers from an attractive standpoint. Texas and Oklahoma are really the only schools there. I think the Big 12 clearly uh, is in some uh, great danger of dissolving, and I think the Pac-12 might be another Uh, the other second Power Five conference that might you know, face some issues with teams coming to get them. Because we're headed to a a super conference or a super FBS, whether it be 30 teams, 35 teams, 40 teams, whatever. Uh, The next five years, uh, the landscape of college football and the divisions which the current 130 FBS college football teams compete in are going to be drastically different. So this could get very ugly. Uh, The Big 12 is trying to hang on to what they have they're trying to protect their interests, but i think ultimately they're in they're in great danger of losing their conference
3: i think everybody recalls paul uh, last year the sunbelt conference you know uh, was a lot of fun to watch it helped it helped save the games that we got in college football a year ago before we get in, who you like to win the conference this year uh, what's your best bet right now for a win total in 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 the sunbelt
6: yeah this is probably my my best bet uh, certainly uh, even uh, more so than the outright conference winner. I like an under here and I'm looking at the South Alabama Jaguars Saw them at DraftKings you can find them at under five heavily juiced to the under at minus 145 but I'll give you some reasons why I think this is a good play first of all South Alabama they've only won a total of just 13 games an average of 3.25 wins a season over the past four seasons and if you look at those four seasons South Alabama has won four games or fewer in all four of those seasons, now they have a uh, a new head coach. I think it's pretty much a function of the the fact that they hadn't won more than four games in any of the past four seasons. Have a new coach in thirty four year old Kane Wannick, uh previously uh, the last two years spent as the defensive coordinator at Indiana, South Alabama. They could come out of the gate fast. They could start three and zero in September. Actually, they've got a road trip to Bowling Green, I believe, in week two. That's sandwiched around home games between Southern Miss and Alcorn State. Right now, I think you'll find South Alabama getting one and a half points against Southern Miss uh, in their home opener there in early September. But they could start 3-0, and but after that, there's just really no wins that you can easily identify. Again, there's some heavy juice at the minus 145, but the Jaguars, again, they've got to get to six wins for us to lose this ticket. I think five is the absolute ceiling, and I don't even think they're going to reach five. I recommend taking South Alabama under five at minus 145.
3: Noted. I like it. Okay, then what about a pick to win the conference overall this year? You
6: know, there's clearly, Mitch, three teams that stand out, Uh, you know, from the crowd in the Sun Belt in 2021. uh, I think uh, this won't come to a surprise of of the two of you or anybody out there listening that follows it closely. And those three teams, of course, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina, and Appalachian State. And I think the first two of those, uh, Louisiana and Coastal Carolina, Stand out a little bit, maybe a notch above App State. So I like Louisiana in the west. I like Coastal in the east, primarily because those teams, you know, they return the two best quarterbacks in the league. They've got tons of experience overall. Louisiana claims 20 returning starters. Coastal has 19 back. Uh, Appalachian State does uh, get Coastal at midseason at home. But the Mountaineers, I think, one of the biggest issues they have to overcome. They lose three-year starting quarterback Zach Thomas. His likely replacement's going to be Duke grad transfer Chase Bryce. Uh, Bryce actually signed with Clemson out of high school. But last year at Duke, obviously didn't have a great supporting cast, but Bryce threw an NCAA worst, 15 interceptions last year at Duke. If he can right that turnovership a little bit, App State's certainly capable of challenging for Sun Belt uh, supremacy. Uh, but I'll, uh, you know, take, uh, take Coastal in the uh, east. Coastal last year, among the, uh, probably the biggest surprise uh, in college football, I would say. They had just won a total of 13 games in their first three seasons at the FBS uh, level. Picked fifth in the conference. At one time, they ascended all the way to ninth in the nation in the AP polls. So uh, a great uh, story last year. A perfect 11 and 0 before they lost the bowl game to Liberty in overtime, 37 34. You've got Grayson McCall back at quarterback for Coastal. Uh, he had a sensational debut as a red shirt freshman last year, completed 69% of his throws, uh, had an eye dropping, uh, eye popping, rather, 26 to 3 touchdown to interception uh, ratio there. If Coastal's not the best team in the Sun Belt, then that designation, you know, probably going to go to Louisiana. They must replace uh, a couple of really big-time uh, running backs there in Elijah Mitchell and Trey Ragus. Uh They were quite productive, but they do have a veteran quarterback uh, returning in Levi Lewis, uh, who has 28 career starts, a lot like McCall in that he's a legitimate dual-threat type guy, uh, can hurt the opposition with his arm uh, and his legs, can do can do both. Uh, talking about the two running backs at Louisiana there, Mitchell and Regus they combined for their career for over 6,800 rushing yards so lots of production loss there they do need to replace that not a very attractive price at plus 125 uh, but I recommend taking Louisiana I think they're going to win the Sun Belt this year uh, so I'd recommend taking Louisiana at plus 125 to win the Sun Belt
3: okay very good you got that one you got South Alabama right now under five minus 145 as well by the way something I noticed Coastal Carolina In 2019, they averaged five and a half yards per play and a little bit more than 30 points per game. That went to 6.7 yards a snap last year and 37 points per game. And as Paul, they have a lot of guys back on offense. We'll continue with Paul Stone coming up next. Uh, More of his best bets with the Mountain West Conference. And Paul did some incredible research on the top passing teams and the top running teams and their ATS records going back. That's coming up next. Sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook today. Get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code Vsin, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters. DraftKings, you can bet on it if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. The number is 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions.
1: So uh, Paul Stone's with us, a college football handicapper. And Paul... Uh, I had the honor of writing up the Mountain West Conference for our college football guide, so I'm really interested in picking your brain uh, on everything when it comes to this conference, and I've covered it for a little bit as well. Uh, so let's start with uh, the team in-state here, Nevada. Carson Strong coming back. This quarterback situation is very good. They, like many teams, have a lot of returning personnel. Uh, their schedule is pretty manageable, too. So what do you make of the Nevada Wolfpack's prospects here in this conference?
6: You know, looking, first of all, at the uh – you know, their conference play. uh, They do start uh, conference competition at Boise. Uh, They also travel to San Diego State, uh, but they draw San Jose and Air Force both at home. Uh, You know, in the West Division, I think their chief competition is going to be defending league champ San Jose State. Uh, San Jose last year won three games outright, That it was the betting underdog against Air Force, San Diego State, and uh, Boise. They won all three of those games outright by 11 or more points. So that's the kind of thing that kind of tends to regress uh, to the mean from San Jose's uh, perspective. Uh, I think their chief challenger, uh, if not San Jose State in the West Division, uh, would be San Diego State and uh, second year head coach Brady Hoke. But I really like this uh, Nevada team. You know, they've got a great non conference schedule, they've got the, the opportunity with road games against Cal and Kansas State. Uh, in the season's first three weeks, I believe, to make a statement if they're able to win one of those games or if even both. Uh, you know, I, I think the uh, the Wolfpack, they're an attractive team uh, offensively. They're probably the best offensive team in the conference, in my opinion. They've got the league's returning offensive player of the year in Carson Strong. You guys played a lot of football, and those wide receivers, you know, they might be Not only the the best one-two punch in Group of Five conferences, but they might be one of the best one-two punches at receiver in all of college football. You've got Romeo Dubs. Last year he had over 1,000 yards receiving in just nine games. And then his uh, mate there at the wide receiver position, Elijah Cooks, uh, he missed virtually the entire 2020 season due to a shoulder injury, but he had more than 900 yards back in 2019. So that's a great one-two punch. At the wide receiver positions, they have a great running back in uh, Toa Taua. He has more than 2,350 career rushing yards, so they've got uh, a back that can tote the rock. Uh, You know, I I just like the way they look. They averaged uh, about 31 points a game last year. I think they're going to be able to exceed that this year, uh, even with the tough games against Cal and Kansas State. Uh, So they're not only my, you know, pick to win their division, uh, but they're my dark horse pick to win the Mountain West. Seeing them right now at uh, Bet Rivers at plus 500. Mm -hmm. So, might as well go ahead and let that be known. That's my recommendation in the Mountain West to win the conference, the Nevada Wolf Pack. Plus five
1: hundred or better. Oh, so, huh? well, go ahead. no, no. I, I was curious because if we go to the other side of this, right? Boise uh, is the team that is essentially shooting uh, their division. Not really as strong. There is, of course, Wyoming uh, this time around that looks pretty strong. I think there's a dark horse in there that's going to be pretty competitive. Uh, but when it comes to Boise State this year, Paul, win total of nine. Andy Avalos takes over. Last year's his defensive coordinator. Uh, there's a lot of returning talent here. But for me, when I was looking at them and what they brought back and everything we've seen about this team, given the coaching situation, I have like a There's some trepidation with me looking at Boise State to look at this team and think they're going to win ten games and a shoe in to get to this conference title and win it. So, what do you look at when you're seeing this Boise State team coming into this season?
6: I'll tell you, first of all, you look at those, especially if you're looking at the win total. uh, You look at those first five games. You know, they open at UCF, uh, then they host Oklahoma State in week three, but uh, you know, playing a big time Big Twelve opponent. Uh, As we mentioned, they've got Nevada coming in in the conference opener on October second, and then. They played BYU uh, in their uh, sixth game of the year uh, on October 9th. And by then, BYU will have some of their new players uh, a little more experienced. So that's a tough schedule. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Man, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, really hard to get to nine wins. And you got to get ten to lose the ticket, you know, if you take the, uh, the under there. So I think it's a you know it's a tough situation. Obviously, almost by default, you have to pick them to win the Mountain Division. Uh, they've been in the Mountain West title game for four straight years. Uh, lost last year to San Jose State, 34-20 as a seven-point favorite. But, again, they've got a new coach. Uh, you know, Brian Harson was there for seven seasons uh, before leaving for the lure of the Southeastern Conference in Auburn. Uh, they once again uh, went after a former player and a former assistant coach, as you mentioned, uh, in the hiring of former linebacker Andy Avalos, a guy who has no major college head coaching Experience. He has spent the last two years as Oregon's defensive coordinator, but you know I think there's some questions there. And Hank Bachmeyer, I love the guy, but he, he takes a lot of punishment. Yep. In games in uh, each of the past two seasons, he's got to stay healthy. And uh, as you mentioned as well, Wyoming. You know, last year the 2020 season of the pandemic was not kind to the Cowboys. They were you know two and four, uh, their first losing season since back in 2015. Uh, but I think the Cowboys, you know, you look, you talk about some experienced teams, and obviously there's going to be a lot of experienced teams this year with the super senior seasons uh, granted by the NCAA. A lot of teams are going to have a lot of returning starters. The Wyoming, uh, they're not only maybe with 21 returning starters, the most experienced team in the Mountain West, they're one of the most experienced teams in all of college football. Mm-hmm. So Craig Bowles, sixth edition there in Laramie, might be his best, and they might be a team if you want to take a, a dark horse. Uh, and take somebody other than Boise State in that division, Wyoming might be that team.
3: Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, talking about the uh, Mountain West right now with Paul Stone. And uh, Paul also does does a weekly podcast. It is called the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, available where podcasts can be found. Uh, I'm all caught up, except for the one that you released on Tuesday. Can you share some of the numbers that you had? And I'm glad that we're talking about the Mountain West today because I actually was surprised to hear how often Wyoming runs the football over recent years, but also like the breakdown Paul of uh, you know, the teams that pass the most compared to the teams that run the most in college football and their ATS records over the past three years?
6: Yeah, what I did was, uh, I think this is episode nine of my podcast. What I did was I decided to look at the college football teams among the entire FBS, which is 130 teams. The college football teams, the last three years, 2020, 2019, and 2018, that passed the ball on the highest percentage of their offensive plays. And then, conversely, run the ball on the highest percentage of their offensive plays. And just for a point of reference, the last three years, teams in college football, and some people probably sense this or maybe they even know it, but teams now pass the ball in college football more than they run it. The last three years, college football teams have passed for approximately 53% of the overall offensive plays. So it's really close, but teams do slightly throw the ball more. But taking a look, first of all, at those pass-heavy teams, again, throwing the ball, um, the highest percentage of offensive plays, the top ten teams in each of the last three years, there were three teams, first of all, that passed the ball, that were in the rankings all three years, that passed the ball, uh, highest percentage of offensive plays, uh, top ten all three years. Those teams, Washington State, San Jose State, and Purdue. Uh, As you might expect, teams that pass the ball, they turn the ball over a little bit more. Those teams over three seasons, and again, you have 10 teams, some of them are duplicates, but over three seasons, you would have 30 teams, they would be playing a total of roughly 325 games in that total set, and in those games, the pass-heavy teams collectively minus 114 turnovers on the flip side run heavy teams were plus 149 turnovers so teams that throw the ball it's a more high risk offense obviously they do turn the ball over more the pass heavy teams if you blindly faded them uh, in all roles, you would hit 56% of your uh, your wagers over the past, past three seasons
3: there you go
6: wow. looking at those run heavy teams uh, that you mentioned uh, there were five teams actually uh, that finished in the top 10 the last three seasons on highest percentage of offensive plays, those were predictably, three of the teams are almost slam dunks, probably four, if you keep up with the, with college football closely, four option teams. First of all, the service academies, Army, Navy, and Air Force, and then the fourth being Georgia Southern, and then the final one that you alluded to that kind of surprised me was uh, of the Mountain West Conference, who we just finished talking about, the Wyoming uh, Cowboys. So those were the five teams that appeared all three seasons. Those run heavy teams, if you blindly took them uh, in all games over those three seasons, you would hit 56%. So taking the run heavy teams, you hit 56%. Fading the pass heavy teams, you hit 56%. Uh, obviously, you don't know the season end statistics until a season's over. So there is some guesswork and some legwork. But, uh, you know, I think this information is interesting at the least and maybe somewhat applicable uh, in, in the, you know, the best sense.
3: Very good. Awesome. And you can find uh, great nuggets like that on the Paul Stone Podcast, which he does on a weekly basis. By the way, so in the final minute that we have here, Paul, I'm looking at this uh, email from Andrew, a viewer. Uh, I believe he lives in Pennsylvania. Were you guys aware that at uh, at least one book, a legal sports book in the country, you can parlay teams to win their division in college football along with the team to win their conference. Really? So for example, I'm looking at a screen grab right now. He has this is a way awesome numbers. He has Utah to win the Pac-12 South plus 450 parlayed with Utah to win the Pac-12 at 12 to 1. Put 100 bucks on it to win 7100. Yeah. That's that's unbelievable, Paul.
6: You know, that's fantastic and Utah's uh, a team that I really like this year in the Pac-12. I think they're going to be uh bolstered by the uh, arrival of Baylor transfer Charlie Brewing quarterback so I I like what Andrew's got there man that is a great ticket and that's uh, that is creative uh, offerings for the uh, for the sports
3: betters. absolutely follow him on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports great stuff today as always my friend Uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday and I'm sure we're going to be seeing you sometime soon in Las Vegas as well
6: Absolutely, great to uh, be with you guys, Mitch and JBT. Y'all have a great week. See you Paul. Me too.
3: If you like a team to win a conference in college football, why would you not do that if you can? Of course. To win their division and parlay with the conference.
1: We were just talking about the Mountain West. Like there are the options there that I would love to take.
3: Incredible offering by that sports book. Up next, uh, some NFL. Which back will lead, uh, lead the league in rushing this year? Who can take the title from Derrick Henry?
2: Sumo Play.